The man I'm about to introduce is an entrepreneur, an artist, straight up gangster, a father, a husband, and a whole lot of things to a whole lot of people. He can tell you about everything that we ever talked about on this podcast from his own point of view, from what it's like to run a record label, what it's like to put a record out, what it's like to deal with these police, gang life in Chicago, what these streets are like, what it's like to be in North Carolina, you ain't from here. He can tell you about all that. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce a man that I got a whole lot of good history with, my man from the great city of Chicago, Chi-Town. That's what we call him, y'all. <laughs> What's going on with it, Cap? Hey, man, we got to make it real for the motherfucking people, man. You know what I'm saying? They missed out on some great shit we touched on, man. It's only right that I feed their soul with it. Yeah, man, you know. So here it is. Without further ado, first of all, why would I call this man right here? Tell them, how do we know each other? Cap, Cap, man, one of the greatest DJs out there, man. If you are. Young artists trying to get your stuff back in on mixtapes or whatever. You know, you had a lot of DJs that'll charge you a little bit of bread. Caps that say, bring me a record, man, and I'm put it on my mixtape. And, and shout out to Cap for that, man, because that took me a long way. Then Cap got a job at the radio station and started playing my music in the mixes on the late night, 12 night mix or something. So, man, you know, it, it's a struggle. You know what I mean? And, and Captain DJ party from this my man a hundred grand my mother from another brother I mean brother from another mother I, what can I say hey appreciate that appreciate that now now look on the show we talking about we, we talk a lot about North Carolina hip hop now you moved here from Chicago and DL this man moved down here from Chicago he was 100% Chicago right Chicago style ain't North Carolina style mm-hmm and North Carolina at the time, the music everybody was making, they following what's going on in New York for the most part. Right. So, you know, here comes this cat from Chicago, and he got a Chicago style. And at the time, you know, it's not the same thing that Common was doing. Right. This dude is different. So tell me what it's like to be in an area during the time in hip-hop where you trying to do your thing, but but everybody else doing it one way and you got your own thing. How how difficult was that being in, in that part of North Carolina with a Chicago I, style? I mean, it was hard. You know what I mean? It was hard to have pe- people that want to hear me. They all that stuff fake. Uh, gangster rap, rap really wasn't accepted in North Carolina in 91. You know what I mean? Everything was boot-back rap. Mm-hmm. So, for somebody to come with some reality life of their reality, and they didn't understand the lifestyle that I come from, it, it really wasn't accepted. You know what I mean? And it just made me work harder, because me being different from everybody else created greatness. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, so back in the day, when you um, you know, I know how it was back in Greensboro, back in doing all them shows back in the day. So your reception was a little bit different. You think? Yeah, man, cause cause we used to do shows at uh, Movers and Shakers, and uh, they had this, they had this little group out called the Pit Stalkers. That was Dana Lucci and Zelensky. Yeah, and and Shabazz and Rashida and Shabazz, yeah, yeah Selinsky, Dana Lucci, R.P. to Dana. Uh, when you say yeah, that other yeah. group, was that other group livestock? I remember the first go round. You trying to remember the name of the other group? I've been throwing names around in my head that was with that would would have been performing back then. Mm, this was one of the Fendi groups. I don't know. Uh, it wasn't livestock. I remember livestock. One of the boys here had the little BMW. Well, yeah, anyway, RIP to, to my man Spot. Yeah, man. And they used to mess my mic up. You know, because I get on there, I'm getting on there like, yeah, I'm riding and I'm clutching my pipe. And if you do it, it's going to be a bad night. So they didn't want to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Right. They didn't want to hear that. It was more like, 
and to the upbeat and this, that, raw, and you know, that more swing hip-hop, uh, boom-bap type punchline stuff. And I wasn't with it. I was more live and direct. So, yeah, it was hard for him to accept it, but look at it years later. Right, right. So your style developed straight off the streets of Chicago, and you brought it straight down. Straight out the streets. So, so what what brought you down here? And when when did you move from Chicago to North Carolina? And how you how you end up here? Like how you even find out? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Chicago. What what you know? What bring you to North Carolina? Uh, just looking for peace. I had an auntie down there. You know, my mom. One, my mom's sister was down there. Then her other sister moved down there. Then my granddad had moved down there. And by this time, they started in like. 85. By this time, it was 91. So, with it being 91, I go down there to visit, and it was it was sweet. Grass green, no gunshots, no ambulance, police, ain't sweating, you know what I'm saying? I said, oh, this is a nice spot. I'm coming back here. So, as Went opposed to, to Chicago. Chicago. Huh? So, as opposed to what you used to in Chicago. Man, gunshots, getting shot at, shooting at people. Breaking in houses, houses getting broken, stealing cars, cars getting stolen, you know, everything. You know, coming up in the streets of Shire is, is it's a different beat. You know what I mean? If you can maybe make it out the Shire, you can make it anywhere. That's what I was told as a child. Mm, so everybody, you know, it's no secret about how bad the gang uh the gang culture is in Chicago, like, you know, going all the way back to the mafia days, of course. So um, by you being a youngster looking for peace, you know, I would assume that there was no peace in Chicago. Were you yourself um, f- affiliated in any of this? Heavily. Heavily affiliated. Hell positions, you know what I mean? I was heavily affiliated, you know, with the growth and development organization. What what the white people try and say, gangster disciples, they got to make us look or sound, you know what I mean? Like we ruthless when all actuality is about each one teaching one. Nobody will be waiting on anybody. Everybody will be somebody. It's about growing and developing. You know what I mean? So it, it was, it, we had the police on us about that, you know, because they was doing the job that the, that the white superiors told them to do. Get on them and then you had other gang members trying to come, you know, at your territory. It, it, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle up there. It's something that you just grow up doing. Right, right. And it was different in North Carolina. North Carolina was sweet. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I got I got a question for you. Being, like, I'm from North Carolina all my life, and I watch a lot of people move here from other places, and there seem to be, like, you know, two ways to move here. Like, some people move here, and they kind of just get absorbed right into whatever's going on here and then some people move here and everybody gravitate to them and start and they and they kind of bring their culture to the area you know what i'm saying so for you which which one did you did you find when you moved here did you find that that people were intrigued by your chicago ways and you found that they they were influenced by that or did you come down and say you know what man this high point is is chill and you got absorbed more into high point or greensboro or wherever you know more into north carolina it was a it was a slow process you know what i mean It, it was like i came and people you know i had the fly clothes that people didn't have they hadn't seen so naturally they gravitated but then they wanted to be aware and I did I, I get it because I'm a stranger in this town they want to see how I'm moving you know and as people grew to know how, who I was and how I moved they kind of like admired it and they wanted to kind of like gravitate toward that lifestyle you know I didn't come down you know like a lot of people would come down on that world son, son, I'm from New York y'all slow dude I've seen a lot of people go back in a box you know what I'm saying? Because you're not in New York. You're on these people's hometown. They might operate different from how you operate. So with me coming down there knowing that I'm a guest and moving appropriately as a guest until I was accepted as one of their own, I moved as a guest. 
and they accepted me as one of their own. Right on. I saw that. I saw that. And and during my time around there, you know, I could tell that you know a lot. You had a lot of influence on a lot of people. You know, I could see that 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 you know there was a mutual respect though, and that's how you gained that influence. You know, now to be talking about it, you came down, you respected the area, the area respected you back, and that's that's exactly. the south that's for all you. It is. That's the South for you in a nutshell. You know what I'm saying? Everybody listening right now, if you ever come visit and you think you plan on taking root down here, you know, you respect the area, the area respect you. Right. But if Don't you, go with that rah-rah talking about they slow or they country and all that because they people at right. the end of the day. They might not talk as slick or, or your slang or whatever. They got their own terminology that you might not be up on. Right. You see what I'm saying? So you got to you got to learn your environment. You know what I'm saying? And treat your environment appropriately if you want your environment to treat you back appropriately. Right. Hey, so I got a question about the um the music. I know you said your music was not um I think Cap J said that it wasn't like what Common was putting out. But that no, gangster music. Chicago. Yeah. No, nah, it wasn't that Chicago. Right. Can can you grow on that? You know, expound on that a little bit. Like, what what was the substance of the music, and where did it come from? It came. Uh, put it like this: Untouchable. Said, I said, what did I say that that one uh that one rap? I said some about uh being untouchable. Police want to lock me up unclutchable. You know what I'm saying? Just like everyday living, going through what I'm going through, I'm trying to put it in bars, you know, to make them understand that this life that y'all rap about, it may be y'all life and y'all community and this and that. But in other communities in my life, in the community I come from, that's what it, this is what it's about. You know, and I think that's where we go wrong, thinking that the world revolves about around what we know. We're we not so open-minded as to know that, okay, this culture over here, although we all black, we living like this, but they living like that. They living and accepting it. That's where people went wrong with that whole East Coast, West Coast beat. If you can remember back in, it was before it was an East Coast, West Coast beat. It was uh, a New York beat. To the bridge, to the to the bridge, the South Bronx, the South South Bronx. They were beefing with each other. Right, right. But it wasn't all that killing going on. Yep. It was just like a competition. You know, you can't have one without the other. You know what I mean? I just that's just what it is. It's gonna always be some type of competitive form out here. But when you get to putting violence in it, just to show that you tougher than this next person, that thing is getting dangerous. Yeah, but speaking of getting dangerous, like when you first got down here, now I saw things change, and I, I noticed that the area that that you did a lot of your stomping ground in around High Point seemed to have a little bit different, a little bit different structure on the streets than than a lot of other places in North Carolina. You coming from Chicago, a place with a whole lot of gangs, and, and High Point seemed to me to have, eventually, it was one of the first places in North Carolina that I saw more organized gangs than other places. Did you see a lot of that happen during your time? Like you saw it go from what it used to be to what it became? Well, kind of, sort of, you know, because I had a lot of individuals around me, you know, and... When you're around somebody, you know what I'm saying, there's a positive and a good influence, and you see how they moving and doing all the good they doing and things like that. You tend to gravitate toward them people, and y'all kind of like is a life. You understand what I'm saying? So I watched a lot of people, you know, that was with me, kind of like move like me, to where they started to claiming what I was claiming. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? So right, I saw when that, that came, then, <clears throat> then they they seen the lifestyle of gangsters. You know, damn, they living, they doing good, they riding, they got record companies, they putting out music. Of course, you got gangsters down there. Now you got the imitators. What do you got? 
You got these guys that's listening to these guys in, in New Jersey. Now you got blue blood coming down because you can't have one game without another. Right. Yes, indeed. You see what I'm saying? So they watched us. Then they came down because they had to be something else, you know, to get a spotlight on them. We ain't what they is. They got the spotlight. We did. We want a spotlight. Then you get one trying to sit with the other gang member girl because they the big gang. If I get his broad shit, now you got the beefing going on. Kind of like how that thing went with King Ron, that NBA young boy. Mm, what, what happened with that? Well, King Von was fuck, fucking with one of NBA young boys, baby mom, after 20 that he got. Quando Rondo signed to NBA young boy, but he kicking it with King Von, you know, they buddies, until Von started fucking with the broad. Now Quando Rondo back doing dropping locations. Now Von catch him, he still Quando Rondo because he done got into these two men beat over this bitch. You know what I'm saying? That's for everybody. He whoop him down, his boy come up, pop him. You know what I mean? Some selfish ass shit. Right. Over and, a bit. And you also close enough to the situation to speak on it, am I right? Oh uh, yeah, man. You know that's that's nephew. Bomb Bomb's nephew. That's 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 my wife my wife's little baby cousin brother. You know what I mean? We got quite a few uh artists in our family. You know, like the other day the internet blew up with the situation, you know, with the baby and 147 Cowboy. I'm quite sure y'all are aware of that. You know, y'all out of North Carolina. No, 147 I, So So uh, much go on So much go on with the baby. Like, you, you, you got to explain this one a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Cowboy was telling him, you know, you just did the song with NBA Youngboy, you know, but yet still you don't tell Mimo that you got love for Vaughn. You know, you had much love for Vaughn. How you going to do a song with a man who disses dissing Vaughn in every damn thing. You know what I'm saying? Every part. That's what Cal tell him. That's my nephew. That's my wife's brother, son. Okay. You know what I mean? The one who did the envy me. I'm with the gang. I'm with the mom. Like, we got a, a lot of raw talent in Chicago, but we stay real. We real. We right. not going to sugarcoat shit, and we, gonna, we not going to send you all. Like, I want one of them niggas that because I had influence in North Carolina, huh, huh, shorty, get this pack, go sell this, uh, get this gun, go shoot this. Nah, man, you can't rap for me unless you in school. You under, you under this, you under 18, you gotta go to school, then you come to my studio. Right. So I was like a parent that wasn't their parent, but they looked up to me and respected me enough to respect my word and knew that I was gonna guide them the right way. You see what I'm saying? I saw that I saw that in the like I saw that with my own eyes whenever I do anything for you like like I'm a DJ and if Shy's doing something mm-hmm. and I'm DJing the event mm-hmm. I I could tell that the people that I'm around that maybe things would not be as peaceful and calm was this event not under the influence of one Shy Town check this here out since you said that I don't know if you remember or not, we had this, uh, I had a party at the National Guard Armory in High Point. I think I was turning 26. I DJed that party. <laughs> look, look, yeah, yeah, you DJed that party. I, uh, and you know, in High Point, you know, that shit small, small as a toenail, that shit small. So you, you got the south side beating with the east side. You know what I'm saying? And me, I'm a brother that's coming down there about growth, you know, so I throw a party at the armory. Everybody can get in free. I rolled up about a thousand blunts. I'm giving everybody blunts at the door. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, and deal. The, it's on, just on like my that. Flyer right. head, check your egos at the door. Like, ain't nobody bigger than nobody when you come to my shit. Everybody yeah. came in there, and I think we had everybody peaceful because I had strippers come, too. You know, all, all it takes is a little strippers and weed. And you had they the food. Everybody was friends. Jeff, you DJ the damn party. Yep, I think you had fried chicken too. Like, you know what I'm saying? That yeah, fried. Yeah, fried. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's going to make it all come together. Right up. And that was the beginning of the peace movement in High Point. Right. People realized that what they thought they was arguing at, at war with each other was about was nothing. 
I told um I, I tell people all the time. I told DL, I said, man, I have been at high point, like totally one hundred percent surrounded by gangsters and but it don't it it's a different type of feeling though. It didn't feel as dangerous as you might think it feels there's a lot of love in high point, you know, at least during that time period. You know and, what I'm saying? And, and you know what that tells me? What's that? You were in the presence of Crips. Ah, how you know that? <laughs> because <laughs> that from from a, a, a civilian point uh-huh. of view who's been around both sides, I guess, or both affiliations, um, the Crip side, the Crip situation is always calmer. <laughs> like you, you'll be a monster. And look, it's funny you say that, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm there. Most the majority of my, majority of yeah, my experience has been spent around Crips. Yes. And and I'm a, I'm gonna tell you something. I mean, being out there, I am what I am, right? Mm-hmm. I link with my little man from St. Louis. He was a rolling sixty. Mm. That's all I had around me. Them niggas was so. Gangsta, they call themselves gangster crew. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how that's that's exactly how they move. Right. Hey, hey, I know at that one time I did a party for you. It wasn't that one of the army. It was the next one at the hotel. And off uh, the chain. That was a great party, man. And that night, man, after it was over with, man, me and and all your boys, that 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 whole crew, we took this big picture, man. I would pay money for a copy of that picture. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just talking about legendary photos. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, but I, I don't know where that picture at. That was at the uh, the party that I threw at the hotel. Right, I had people down from Chicago. I had right. on orange blazers, some orange shoes. This this me. I'm looking like the popsicle man. Got down it back then. I had on <laughs> orange an orange blazer, some orange shoes, a like paisley tie with some dark blue pants. Yes, I remember sir. that clear and an orange star. Yep. I thought I was shit star. <laughs> yeah, man. That was that was a legendary night, man. But but you know, I DJ'd a lot of places, man, and and it's it's hard to pull off nights like you pulled off without no BS going down. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so Control. I knew I knew as a DJ and from from dealing with all the people that I dealt with, I knew how real you were, not just from our personal interactions. Mm-hmm. Me going to places like this and nothing going down mean that that shy is a real one because so, they respect it. They the respect trenches. his event. Right. Everybody respect his event. So, so shy, I got a question for you mm-hmm. because you know a, a lot of people. Everybody's screaming real this and real that um, on the internet and in their music nowadays, and you do have some real ones, street ones, that will actually pull their gun out and pop somebody. Now, Mm -hmm. at at one point, this was all acting um, to a certain level. And then the streets kind of took over hip-hop. And, um, well, I would say more so rap music than hip-hop. And the reason, you know, me and Cap J have talked about this before, like the distinction that I hold between what's hip hop and what's rap. A lot of this stuff that's coming out nowadays is rap. A lot of this industry control stuff, I don't consider hip hop. I consider this rap because a lot of these artists, quote unquote artists, will do anything for a check. And I think that's like the, the, the major difference, in my opinion, between a hip hop artist and a rap artist. Um, like, mm-hmm. wh- where do you see this thing going if the, the 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 real ones, as we say, or the ones that are imitating this realness continue on the way they're going? Um, because, you know, and I'm going to go back for a second because we we in North Carolina. There's a lot of the baby fans here. And with the baby doing this album with NBA Youngboy, there's been a lot of threats thrown at the baby. And a lot of these threats that are thrown at the baby are coming from certified gang members. And the reason why I'm asking, like, where where do you see, like, you know, with your 20 plus years in the industry, where do you see this going? And do you think that it, it will have another 20 years if we keep going down the same path that we're going down right now? Uh, in New York, they started they started banning drill music 
Yes. Uh, as far as the baby, the baby is a performer. You can't take him serious. The man wore a diaper. Yeah. He wore muscle suit. And he you said that saying? he said that about doing the album with NBA Youngboy. Like he didn't take, he didn't <clears throat> really care about the beef that was going on in the streets. This album is gonna sell, and that was his motive behind doing it. But see, what was the motive behind dropping it on the same day as King Von? You know what I'm saying? You know that they normally had this beef going. Yeah, the you industry. What I'm the baby, the baby's trying to play both sides in the middle because he he soft as hell. Everything the baby do be like a setup, and he's yeah. a clown. He pan people the face like he knocked them out and putting it on camera for attention. He mm. needs attention. He need love. He need he need a hug. This is for Capital real. City with Capital J. So you said the baby paid somebody <laughs> to play knocked out. Yeah, yeah, the boy down there, Cam, Cam, whatever. God rest his soul. That boy to put him on camera. You know what I mean? He died. And make himself look bigger than what he is. He died he of overdose. A, he did oh, a wow. stomach. He probably, he probably paid his girl, his, his baby mama brother to pull his other stunt. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, the bowling alley. Yeah, the bowling alley. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, Anything that, to keep some attention going. Every young boy is like some attention seekers and shit. And, and that's the point. That, yeah, now that's you done ran across these gangsters. What you gonna do? Well, you know, I, hey, we gotta we gotta say this much about the baby. When he did run across them gangsters, he <laughs> he left one of them dead in the Walmart. In self defense, he ain't absolutely. Put on those and went laid the nigga down, rolled on his block. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right now, that's that. You know what? Spoken like like a, a man from Chicago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He ain't bringing yeah. it to the front door. Yeah, we you know all this old, you know, and then and you got to put it on the internet that you did. We don't get to don't do that. How many how many damn times you seen out upon the internet one now that did pick up the phone and say, yeah, we killed these niggas. They need in the back room. Right. If they knock the nigga brains out, they just left his ass there. <laughs> What's that else to talk about? They cut his ass up and bury him. You need validation from the public for everything you do. You ain't, you weak as hell. Hey, can you, uh, hey, bring it, bring it up a little bit closer to the, um, to the phone so we don't lose you. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 my bad, my bad. <laughs> Hey, we understand this. Uh, yeah. Look, we're doing the same thing over here, man. It's party time, man. We have a convo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. But, you know, I, 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 I mean, he did what he had to do to make some money. Remember, at the end of the day, you're dealing with men. So you got to deal. You're dealing with men who got feelings about this other man who passed. And you're doing a song with his enemy. So. You just got to be ready for whatever repercussions come with it. I mean, y'all rappers. Y'all ain't no real thugs anyway. We get it. We have this conversation on the podcast. We, we've we actually had it a couple times um, about not so much as what's real and what's fake, but just the all the, the hoopla that's going, that, that comes along with all the street stuff that's, um, you know, in the industry right now. And um, we we actually have a episode called the most dangerous profession in the world, and um, we that's rap, the rapper. Um, I think the the statistic that we quoted, 2015 study showed that um, 51 percent of rappers die by murder, and like <laughs> not not natural causes. And we we talked about in the, in the podcast that you know hip hop isn't old enough. Or rap music isn't old enough for us to have rappers or hip hop artists that die because of natural causes, but fifty one percent of them die from murder, die at the hands of fans and people who look like them, and you know that's that's what makes it the most dangerous profession. You know, there's other things that goes along with it, like um, like we talked about the hip hop police. I don't know if we talked about it at the second go. Yeah, yeah. Police. Oh, yeah. Now, child, we're going to get into your run in with the hip hop police, too. Health related yeah, issues. It's just like everybody want to be famous and thugs. And I think what we run into a lot, a lot of that killing is 
Number one, can't nobody accept getting whooped. You know, they can't fight. That's number one. Right. Number two is everybody got to prove to the world how tough they is. No, no matter if you if you grew up like Richie Rich, everything that you you got to put on this image to these guys out here in these streets. And some of them guys out in the streets is really from the street. And they looking at you and they can see through you. You see what I'm saying? So you got a lot of that. Now you're a sheep holding a gun behind the internet talking about what you're going to do. And now this dude looking at, okay, they see the street sign behind you. Oh, he over there on that corner. And they ride. Right. They ain't talking. So, you know, ain't nothing to talk about when you real. All this other stuff be for gimmicks and for likes and this and that. And all I can say is I hope that they get everything that they want before they leave this earth. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? That, that's the craziest part to me because, like, I didn't grow up with um, Crips and Bloods, but I grew up with some from back home that'll do something about you if you disrespect them. And to this day, these same people do not mess with the Internet. But I would get on the internet right now and I could pull up five rappers that are on the internet threatening each other, talking about their homeboy killed this one and that one. And I'm not the, the one to question whether they're real or not, but it's so much of this going on that it's hard to tell. Like, how how am I supposed to know who's the street dude, or who's the real dude when, when we make statements like this that they the ones that's on the internet acting like they're real but then we got real ones who are meshed in with that doing the same thing that the ones that's acting are doing like i'm so confused as a fan that's why i don't even hardly listen to rap music right now like i still listen I'm to the classics and there's some young boys that i like and i respect but it's it's just confusing out here for me as a fan right now i think what wound up happening is uh i don't know if we said in this interview chief keith brought that drill music on. True. And drill music was like, I did this to this nigga, ooh, ooh that nigga, yeah. and his mama and his girl. So they actually, they actually started naming people who was dead and, right. and people started listening to it. This coming out of Chicago. And what's your take on You got Chief NBA Keith? young boy listening to shit like that. You got a motherfucking little baby listening to shit like that. You got uh, Blueface out west listening to shit like that. So now they is like, ooh, it's fascinating to him. Right. With Chief Keith really just telling his life what's going on. What's your take on Chief Keith? I mean, we in opposite we in opposite organizations at time we was one. I mean, I think that he yeah, he's great at his craft. You know what I'm saying? He did what he had to do in music and he out the way. You know what I'm saying? But because of some of his lyrics and the movement he put out there, he's not really welcome back in Chicago to move around free. Oh, so that is true. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He's not he's not able there's a lot of them out here that ain't able to move around Chicago free. Right, because of what they put in their music. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because, it, and, and I'm sorry for jumping in, but that, that brought me to another thing that I um, heard about recently. So they're looking to take... Um, they're getting, looking to get legislation passed so you can't use lyrics from a song a rap song in court against uh, I guess a defendant anymore what, what do you think about that I think it's great I thank Uncle Luke for that okay Uncle Luke I don't know see I'm, I'm so old school I'm, I'm, I'm such old school yeah we know they well. tried to stop they tried to stop us from our right on what we spoke in music that, Remember, because he was with that pussy and that was nineteen. And <clears throat> that court case was like nineteen ninety and nineteen ninety one, right? And, and uh, he beat it. He won. Yep, he won. Yep, up under the Freedom of Speech Act. So with freedom of speech, it's cool. They're taking our creativity. It's just like shooting a movie, right? Where the bad guy died the white boy, you know, but it's a movie. This is for entertainment. You feel what I'm saying? It's a difference, music though. music is for entertainment. It's a difference. 
and, and, and you know just as well as I know what the difference is. <laughs> without, I mean, you, without, you name it dead, you name it dead people, and this and that. Ha, a, who have actually lost their lives. But you know, you know something though. <laughs> Even though in cases like that, the police know, the streets know. Right. I still, I'm still right now. I have to say that I'm against using them lyrics in court, even if everybody knows that you're exactly. sitting right here and saying you did it, <laughs> because because just yeah. as easily as you could be telling the truth, you could be, you could be entertaining people with a story. You can be, you so, can be. So so yeah, we shouldn't fabricate. even we shouldn't even we shouldn't even start. We shouldn't even open that open that wormhole because what's gonna right. happen. Is you're gonna find people more and more black people right, gonna get locked right. up. Right, locked up. Now and I'm in favor. I just want you to get saying? your take on it from like, being from you know. Like next thing you know, everybody in your group get locked up because you wrote a song called "Whipping It," right. and they be like, "Whipping what? What you do? You whipping crack? You see what I'm saying?" And <laughs> right. next thing you know, just because you doing the whip it dance, looking like you stirring crack in the pot, right? You know, this is what it could turn into. So just to keep from going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm against. It's taking some of our rights away. Right, it's I ain't gonna mess with that. Uh, we had a right to write what we want to write. We have freedom of press, freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. They can't take that away. We can say what we want to say. You can try and dissect it and say what he said. And this, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Because I said that uh, Lulu, Lulu did a drive at night. You making me. Either witness the drive-by or you put me in the drive-by with him. Right. When I'm just saying what the street's saying. Now, it's a slippery slope, though, because, you know, if you can't prosecute based on this snitching that goes on after the fact, you also got to start looking at the threats that go out ahead of time. You also can't do nothing about that either. You see what I'm saying? So you got two dudes legitimately beefing. It's like, tomorrow night, I'm going to kill you at your birthday party. I can't do nothing, and you and it really is nothing the police can do about it because <laughs> right. of this very same thing. So you know, is there's a, a pros and cons to this whole argument? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes, sir. It's a Absolutely. deep one. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying we could do a whole. I, I don't want to see no more us locked up behind us running our mouth. Right, right. Brothers well, gotta be careful, mm-hmm. man. Like down there, you know, we talk uh, Jacksonville. You 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 been seeing what's going on with them cats in Jacksonville, shy. Whew. Uh uh-uh. uh, no, I ain't seen them, man. What, well, what they do got going on down there? Well, you got this. Uh, it's a cat named Young and Ace and Julio Fulio down there in Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah, them niggas, yeah. But worse <laughs> than that, that honeycomb, honeycomb dude in Mobile. Yes. And his cousin, uh, Rodriguez, they at it. I'm talking about where the cousin that killed the grandma, killed his grandma and granddad. They shot up the house and killed the grandparents. Yeah, these rappers is gone to lost their mind. Yeah, yeah. So when you need to solve these crimes, as tragic as everything that went down in Mobile is, I bet you the niggas done rapped about it. You know, I, I'm gonna give you the, the the reason these these arguments are so hard to have is we want justice, but we need it executed fairly. Yes. So That's you should be able. To, it's you know it should be open and shut case you know the dude shot the grandma house up and then got them songs like ha ha how you feel now and you go to grandma house and everything blowed up because I shot it you see, but but you you can't do that you can't go prosecute but at the same time you want justice and you and you know everybody's gonna be talking about how unfair it is that you can sit here and kick this rap right here after right. such a heinous act was committed right it's just like back in the day with crack when crack first hit the streets. And it got bad. We didn't have them laws locking people up all that time for crack. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But this is a lot of pressure in our own community right. for the police to do something. Because originally the police were doing nothing. Right. Like it wasn't over police at all. It was under police. Right. And they were letting it go. Right. We complained. That's what Joe And we want said. justice, but we want to execute it fairly. And they came in and they executed it unfairly. And that's so like it's like we you got to be careful how you ask for justice from the white man. And you know, I, don't, I, I believe it's just us. Let me deal with mine and y'all deal with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Yeah, lead, the court, lead, lead the police out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me deal with mine and y'all deal with y'all. You know, because the object of the game is divide and conquer anyway. That's why so many black daddies locked up. And the ones that ain't locked up, they got killed because they weren't raised properly. 
and being the mamas, you know what I'm saying, is out here on all type of stuff with drugs and shaking their ass and this and that. So they plan be working as long as we allow it to work. You feel what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. not with none of them laws. And we'll deal with our own community. They the fuck from over here. Have you, have you ever dawned on y'all that they put white police in black communities to try to tell us how to run our community? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. They don't know nothing about how we live. Our community different from theirs. So how you gonna put, a, put them over here? Put some black police in our community that's from our community. It's the same thing with the teachers too, um, you know. Right. This is and and here goes in a larger a control thing. In a larger respect, like what we watch on TV, you know, it's white right. people that control of that. Yeah. What we when you go to school, it's white teachers and white police officers. Everything. Right. So so we're taught, we're educated, we're policed, and we are entertained. All that's decided not by us. Right. So you got to, you know, you got to be careful what you ingest. And you got to have a healthy portion of, of your own diet. You, If you're a parent out here, you got to teach your kids in addition to what they learn in school. You got to teach them about us because they're not going to, a white person is not going to teach them about us the way that we are. And that's what they're being taught by. So you got to do extra work. You know what I'm saying? And when we're policed, when they're not going to police us the same way that we are. So we we have to do extra work. That's why we got to film them when they when they pull us over and all that. They don't have to Man, film themselves. Yeah, in North Carolina. Who did they kill in North Carolina? They killed somebody in North Carolina. You killed that dude down in Charlotte, sitting in, oh, just a couple of months ago. They, they've killed. Oh, no, it's always six, somebody getting killed. You know seven. what I'm saying? Unarmed people. Not the police I'm talking about. Yeah, they've killed yeah. six or seven unarmed people since the new year came in. And four yeah, of them so between you know, Riley and Durham. Right, right. But we ain't going to keep bashing them because we know what they are. But, you know, it's a whole part of our growth process. You know what I'm saying? Which is important for ours, our young, our young men and our young women to stay in school and take advantage of it so you can be, become something greater. Because a lot of a lot of us rappers, the real ones didn't graduate from school. We took to the street, and, and that's a good segue on to the next next thing. Anyway, since we since we still in podcast mode, and we talking about your progression, now you progress out of rapping into record label ownership, which in itself, you know, what we know is that on the record label, and we talking about all of this that we just talked about about dealing with police and stuff, going to put you. In the direct attention of those types of people, of the police, you know what I'm saying. But first, tell us how you got it, how you transitioned into getting your label, and then tell us what it's like dealing with the police as a record label owner. So after my first album from Banging the Balling, I probably made about twenty thousand ah, dollars. Banging the Balling, I got a, I got a production yeah. credit on there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, you uh, what song did you do on there? Ooh. I can't remember, man. I can't remember. You know I'm old. And yeah, I, I got remember. about... It was one of the two last two songs on there. I can't remember the name <laughs> of it either. <laughs> yes, sir. You, you sure did. I want to say if the whole world was CD was one of your uh, production credits on there. You know, we worked together so much, man. It's hard, to, it's hard to remember. But I had met these guys from the front that came down that were selling Koozie sweaters at the barber shop, like two doors down from my uh, thing. So, you know, I bought a couple koozie sweaters down from my studio, and they was like, you got the studio, you might as well start your own label. And I didn't have a clue how to do it, but they had them owned uh, a clothing brand called Dirty South, and they had sued Fugu for using they, they name Dirty South. So they was aware of how to do it, and they took me up to uh, John Stark is the lawyer name, Mr. Stark. John Stark. I gave him $1,000. He set up my uh, Delaware Corporation. And from that, I was legal. All I had to do was get the artist. You know, because I had the studio for him record, get the artist, and we are getting artists. Another headache. Because mm-hmm. this one here, she might be cramping up this week. This dude 
he got to use the bathroom all day because he's been drinking all night. So he hung over. This one right here, he ain't got time to record because he want to go chase with these females. This one here, he want to go up on the block. So, you know, just trying to get everybody on one accord is, is work in itself. You know, a lot of people just, you know, they be wrong it, but then when they get it, they feel like they got it and they tend to stray away from what they really wanted. Once you get it, you got to put in even more and more work. That's yeah. why you got so many overnight artists. They hear one minute and they go on the next. Uh, what's the goal all in my mouth? One, one uh, hit, one. Yep, uh, uh, James. We can, we can go, we can go on and on. I tell you what, I got, I said Trinidad. Tell me a, a one hit, one. The first one messed up, you know, is out the game. You know what I mean, Petey Pablo? One hit, one. No, who sir. you got? <laughs> no sir. Or what? I, I, he, he did better. Act. Now, Petey had Petey had two hits. Yeah, two major hits. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So he came. He yeah, came twist, back twist. after 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 twisting around your head like a helicopter. He came back, hit him hard with um with um freaking leak. Super Bowl, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Pete, Pete is official yeah, two hits, man. Super Bowl stuff. You know yeah, what I'm saying? <laughs> but Sierra carried him on frequently. <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah. Sierra carried him on frequently, so you can't even just say he had that by himself. I thought that was goodies. Yeah. No, no, and he was on goodies too. Oh man, you just build, yeah. we just building this man resume up. You know what I'm saying? We keep we keep talking. We're gonna have to put him in the Hall of Fame. The king of the cat, man. So, so back to what I was saying. You know, you just got to work harder. Each hit, you know, you got to go harder and harder. That's what made Jay Z prevail. You know what I'm saying? Right. To the point where it's like. I'm going so hard for y'all. If y'all ain't going to go hard for y'all self, it's over. I'm not going to keep doing it. And icing on the cake is who we was just talking about, them police in the wrong neighborhood, hate to see a black man prevail, they raised my studio. Uh. For what? I don't know. They say they got a tip. They always say they got a tip, but they smell something. If you got a tip, they should have told you it wasn't nothing in there. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so they come and raid the like studio, this. and what what happens? Like, what's that like? Like, you know, y'all in the middle of a track where they they just kick the door in, no, or do they not? No, I actually had just left. Right, I had just left to go to the store down the street, and the police was following me. They following me like two, three cars undercover. They follow me. Mm-hmm. So when I make a turn, they turn. Boom. Then some come from the other street. They block. They box me in. Boom. Get out the car. I guess they thought I had something. So now I'm away from my studio. They raised my studio and my brother house at the same time. Ooh. Out of all that shit, they got a block. <laughs> oh wow! So statute of limitation is uh, so. Did they really have reason to <laughs> raid any of these? They places? got a blunt. I don't know what they said that they got a tip. They got a blunt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and really try to prosecute a motherfucker behind that talking about you on probation. Oh wow! But drinking and driving. I was on a drinking and driving probation. They wanted to violate me for. A blunt they found in the studio. Oh, I laugh like a mother. Me and my lawyer laugh right out of the courtroom at they ass. <laughs> and in back of my mind, I said, this is how you funky motherfuckers treat me. And y'all be on the top of that Krispy Kreme. And I be giving y'all this money for y'all policemen ball. Every year I write a check from my company for three years before that for $1,500 for the policeman ball. I give them a donation. I put, I put, Toys on the uh, toys for the Marine, toys for top mm-hmm. every year. I'm um, up there. I think Cap did an interview. Uh, what's the big boy name used to be on the radio? They, I used to buy, you know what I found? Um, Football. Uh, B- Boogie D back on the toy for tots. Yeah. yeah. Football, basketball, something, some type of educational toy or something. I say this football gonna send somebody to the NBA. I mean, to the NFL. 
You know, I used to have reasons why I bought them different things. You know what I mean? Put about 1500 on the bus every year for the kids. So why would y'all raid my studio? Because y'all heard that there's drugs in there. That's why I call them hip-hop police. Y'all just didn't like to see a man successful. Hey, everybody I know that had a studio. Well, not everybody, but most people, you know, at some point, you, you know, the police showed up at some point. It's it's across the board. Everybody uh, got to go through it. Feel, that make me feel better that I wasn't targeted. No, no, no you were targeted. <laughs> you know what, target, what I'm saying is they targeted every last one of y'all. <laughs> Yeah, they talking all y'all. If you got a studio, you know, it's certain things, man. And, you know, matter of fact, while we, we just going to take a moment, we're going to sidetrack for a minute. People, if you're riding around, here goes some things that that the police are always looking for. They're always going to buy the black dude a studio. Uh-huh. Tinted windows, rims. Four deep. Four deep. Baseball hat. Saggy britches. Sitting up close to the steering wheel. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, smoking. Smoking trees. They smell it on you. You know. These are the things that, that, that black people get profiled for. So that was just a public service oh, announcement right quick. That's the major one, but you said it in the end. What's that? Being black. Being black. You know what I'm saying? Just being black. So be be aware, you know, the why you out here. That being black, your ass can get pulled over. We watched a little 19-year-old boy in Ohio get killed in a park for playing with a damn little toy gun with orange on the tip. Them people rolled up, jumped out the car, and, and just them shot him. Nothing. I don't even think he was nine. He was 11, 12. Oh, he was older than that? Okay. Tamir Rice, right? Yeah, I thought he was younger than that. Yeah, little Tamir, you know what I'm saying? So they profiled. Do you think that approach would have been different if it was a little white boy in the park and DNA excuse was Tell him to play with guns like that in his backyard. This a fucking part. He's hey. supposed to play in the part. Hey man, before before uh, George Floyd, Rodney King, man, I already knew a whole bunch of people that killed by police. You know what I'm saying? At least too many for for one person. Like you know, right. you're supposed to know several people who've been killed by police, right? But I do. Can I, can I ask you a question? And we might edit this part out, but I always wanted to ask someone of standing. Uh, in 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 the gang world, uh, how how does the gang that that these kind of senseless murders stand? You say what now? How do gangs let this stuff stand? Because all everyone... we we don't we don't real real gangs is organization, right? Like you never heard them call John Gotti them a gang. No, they called them the mafia. Yes. or the mob. And every real mob organization has a structure, has a rule. Like you couldn't go kill a made man without right. permission. Right. So the thing was, I don't know about the blood or the Crips because ain't none of that in Chicago. Right. The thing about it was to lock up all the kings, King Hoover, Jeff Ford, Don Smokey, Booney Black, the guys that had the the control of the streets that put the governors in each area, the the the, the first coordinators, the, the security, the second coordinator, those guys, if you take off the head, the body will fall. So now you got a bunch of guys that's unorganized that don't want to go by nobody, go by what? Ain't nobody to put the street discipline on. So now it's like, I can do what I want to. Ain't nobody going to do nothing to me. Who call it over? So now you got this member of this gang, this member of this gang, this member of this gang, this member of this gang. Now they all on the same block. They hanging together. They call themselves OTF. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get but it. It's not, we, but there's nobody to answer, answer to. to. Ain't nobody we got to answer to. Right. And I think it was Tookie Williams. ain't on nothing. They ain't, you know, they ain't having no money. They ain't on nothing. They just, they getting out. Right. I think it was Tukey Williams that told George Bush that um, you want to get the youth, you want to get b the youth back and get some kind of law and order in the streets. Um, let us out. You got to let out the members. Yeah. That's who they respect and that's who they know as they leaders, they king. Right. Mm -hmm. But see, they don't want, they don't want order in the streets. 
Because there's too much they power there. They want to keep killing mm-hmm. each other. They want... They, they you let these people back Malcolm out. X. Look, you let these people back out with that influence at this age. With that influence, like... They're not gonna they're not gonna influence them cats to go kill each other. You do coming out of jail at 55, 60 years old who had this type of influence, been through it. Right. He's not gonna influence the youth to continue this. No. That's old year old leader gonna come home with his motherfucking two million followers and he's gonna say, Everybody over the age of eighteen go get registered to vote. You believe in what this man say? You going to get registered to vote. If 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 Farrakhan uh, told the Muslims, everybody over 18, y'all Muslims, get registered to vote, they going to get registered to vote. They go to another mosque meeting, he say, our whole congregation, every Muslim voting for Barack Obama, every Muslim voting for Barack Obama. That's why Malcolm X was killed. Mm-hmm. That's why they came in UEP New. Mm-hmm. Too much power. If we got that, if we got that amount of power, what we control the political system and that amount of power. The political system we control the legislative and the judicial. And the power within that community is locked up right now. The power to sway it and turn it into a political juggernaut. And you're exactly right. That's why I said they don't want that to happen. What's right. happening is right now is exactly what they want to happen, and it is falling for. Them. They, they act like they get paid off the likes and the views and the comments. Right. You know, I, I watched you go from the music, then we had the record label and everything. Where you at now? Well, I mean, you right know, now I'm in yeah, the, what's Right life now been? I'm in the women, man. I'm in the women. <laughs> I mean, not in a good way. <laughs> in a good way, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got a, uh, me and my wife own an all-organic cosmetic line called Lilo's Litty Lips Organic Cosmetics. Oh, you're saying up. the women. I thought, I was, you know what I'm saying? I thought you had some, some pimping going on. <laughs> no, nah, hell no. Yeah, we pimping these hoes right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want them motherfucking problems, man. <laughs> I don't want them problems. Too much work, Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the really servicing them and making them happy. You know what I'm saying? It's the venture that my wife wanted to get off into. Our own cosmetic line, so we doing that. I'm hey, we're going to get the plug in, man. Get the plug in, man. Yeah, it, it, it's Lilo's Lily Lip. What is it now? Dot com. Lilo's Lily Lip dot com. L e e l o s l i t t y l i p s dot com. Uh. And we got the uh, beauty bar down here. Whenever y'all in Atlanta, Georgia, Newton, Georgia area. Come down and y'all come to change the famous beauty bar and get the thirty percent discount. Mention the grandpapa Don. You got to mention Capital J and DL to get that discount. You heard? Ah, right, that's what's up. That's what's up. Dope. That's official. First sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> everything everything organic and, and vegan. You know, we deal with all natural. Cause so many times Women, you know, they might, might change their diet. I don't eat red meat. I don't eat pork. But they put all that animal fat in them products to make it do what it do. Ours is like uh, shea butter base, you know what I'm saying, and things of that nature, aloe. We don't use no animal byproduct in our stuff. Right. Dope. That's what's but up. But, yeah, man. me, I'm building houses now, man. You know, you, you, know, you just got to keep traveling in life. You right. build a house. Real yeah, estate. I, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a professional contractor now. I went to school for that, got my contractor's license, got a bunch of people working for me building them out. You know, I'm pointing the finger. Hey, that's what's up, man. Congratulations <laughs> on, on your successful transition to other yeah, stuff. It, I mean, it's a struggle, man. Every, everything is a struggle. You just got to step out on faith and believe in yourself. And once you believe in yourself, others will start to believe in you. That's what anything anybody want to do. You don't need no validation from no internet, no likes, no comments, or nothing to prove that you who you are. And so many times, these young brothers these days get lost in that. And with them getting lost, they wind up losing themselves. Mama's crying, family ain't happy. I mean, come on, man, we got to do better. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, man, this has been an awesome 
time right here we just had chatting up with my man Chi-Town a legendary Chi-Town North Carolina hip hop legend um, street legend music legend entrepreneur legend still out here working hard and and everything we taught y'all today man hope you got a lot out of it and um, that's about it man it's the Capital City Podcast alongside my main man DL and the legendary Chi-Town Talk to the people one yeah, time, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all go follow me at Grandpapa Don on Instagram on all accounts. I am the Grandpapa Don. Y'all holler at me. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Straight up. We got to do this again. Hey, that's what's up, Shy Man. Thank you, brother. This is Capital City with Capital J.